The Ammons family had just lost a loved one and family members were all gathered about to mourn the loss when they witnessed their 12-year-old levitate off the bed. Nope, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. It's November 2011, and LaToya Ammons, her mother, and three children have signed a lease on a new life. They've rented out a quaint home in Gary, Indiana, and are eager to move in. Her kids, aged 7, 9, and 12, are arguing about where they're going to sleep, but it's all in fun. The Ammons' life up to this point had had its fair share of challenges, but nothing the support of her mother and the love of her kids could not deal with. What LaToya didn't realize was that she moved into a home that would uproot her life and terrorize her for years to come. Coined the House of 200 Demons, the case of the Ammons family would ignite international obsession that would involve documentation, police reports, and would later be purchased by the Ghost Adventures star, Zach Baggins, or Baggins, whatever. It would be two years later, after his purchase, that he would demolish the home with this statement. Something was inside that house that had the ability to do things that I had never seen before. Things that others carrying the highest form of credibility couldn't explain either. There was something there that was very dark, yet highly intelligent and powerful. Ooh, chills on that one. Yeah. Welcome back to Icker Inc., where we dredge the depths of the horrific and hilarious in all their gore and glory. I am, as always, Micah. I'm Chelsea. And today we are summoning demons the old-fashioned way. We will be exploring the infamous Ammon's haunting. So sit back, relax, grab that Ouija board. We're just two nerdy authors who love telling stories, and this is Icker and Inc. Beautiful. All right, so yeah, this... uh. This looks like it's going to be a fun episode. I've I, I have never heard of the Ammons House. You have not. I have okay. not. I would be curious to know if anybody else has heard of the Ammons House. Um, yeah, I actually watched a Ghost Adventures documentary called The Demon House. Uh, okay, absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend anybody that wants to take a deep dive and loves the paranormal aspect with everything involved. Uh, yeah. So please go watch that. Cool. It was the huge black flies that they noticed first. They clung to the screened-in porch, regardless of the freezing temps. And even when the Ammons family killed them, they always managed to return. But then the footsteps started. They could hear movement in the basement constantly. Footsteps that never quite reached them ascended the stairs from the basement and toward the kitchen. But no one ever appeared. When they locked the basement door, the pacing continued in the kitchen. It wouldn't be long after this that LaToya's mother, Rosa, awoke one night to see a shadowy figure pacing the living room. Alarmed, she went to investigate, 
only to find wet footprints in the figure's place. It would not be until four months later that the Ammons family would be exposed to an event that would change everything. Prior, the family had tried to adjust and ignore everything. Out of sight, out of mind. We can all relate to that, right? Sure. On March 10th, 2012, everything would change. The Ammons family had just lost a loved one and family members were all gathered about to mourn the loss when they witnessed their 12-year-old levitate off the bed. Nope, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> got, got, nope, that got too real. Next episode, let's go. That wraps it up, everybody. Yep, Thank you so that's, much. That's it. You guys get a, a two-minute episode today because I'm done. It was at this moment that they knew they needed help. Well, yeah. The Ammons family sought out help from the churches, but none took them seriously. They dismissed the idea that there might be anything malicious and suggested things like oil crosses painted on the windows and doors. On the other hand, two clairvoyants both declared that there were exactly 200 spirits living in the home and that the Ammons family should move. Well, yeah, freaking, yeah, you should move. You, you dang kid be, be levitating off the bed? Goodness be gracious, I'm gone. Well, and then all the lead up, the black flies. So in the yeah. uh, when the black flies started and they were massive black flies, it was in December. So freezing, freezing temps. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Constantly killing them and they constantly returned. Yeah. And no, then that's... the footsteps, I mean. Look, I'm telling you, I've got a 12-year-old and I love her to death. Uh, she, she's, my, she's my baby. And uh, if she was floating... She'd be left too. I would just, I would just go. I would just go, man. She'd, she'd see you later, Lily. I'll, uh, I'll make another one. You know, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I don't like that at all. No, and multiple family members saw it, so it's, it's very credible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, that is something. Yet during all this time, the darker energy that lived within the house grew stronger and stronger. The young children started mumbling phrases that did not sound like them. It's time to die. I will kill you. Are just a couple of the statements that were made. Their eyes would reportedly bulge and their mouths would stretch in abnormal grins. Meanwhile, Latoya would begin to feel lightheaded and extremely warm, like she wasn't entirely in control of her body. Amos disclosed that her youngest son would speak to another little boy that was not there. Nope. And the family had even witnessed this son thrown. Oh, man. Get out of here with this. (laughs) Her daughter also said that she would hear voices telling her horrible things. Things like she'd never see her family again and that death was near. So intense were these encounters that the children started missing a substantial amount of school. This would force doctors and police to get involved, but they weren't ready for what they found. There are real reports that can be found that discuss the bizarre events that unfold with the police and medical staff of the Department of Child Safety. Medical staff witnessed the youngest son thrown across the room, while the same boy was reported to have literally walked up a wall and did a flip over his grandmother. Both a nurse and caseworker witnessed this and ran out of the room terrified. When police were brought into the home, they reported radio malfunctions, captured the presence of a smoky white apparition and even recorded a voice saying hey it should be noted that during the escalation of these events the department of child safety separated latoya from her children wow that is brutal that is oh my gosh 
man. I mean, going through all that is and one thing. And then being separated from your kids but then because your they kids, think yeah. you're the problem. Right. That is brutal. Yeah. Man, this this chick was going through going through hell. The whole family, it sounds like, was, was uh-huh. going through hell. Golly. Yeah. So let's take a quick second to explore what demonic possession is, because it was used to describe the children's deteriorating behaviors. We've all heard it, and if we haven't been up at 3 a.m. googling the signs, we've certainly watched movies inspired by this very concept. Demonic possession is a religious term that can be dated back literally centuries. The term accounts for emotional, physical, and psychological manifestations of unexplainable conditions which are then believed to be by a dark, possibly demonic entity. Signs like different voices, personalities, supernatural knowledge, a bizarre new ability are just a few signs that there could be a dark attachment. This doesn't mean using a different voice to talk to your dog. This means a dark and extremely different voice that shouldn't even be replicated by the individual's voice box. One of the more iconic signs is the mention of we and us when the individual is speaking. There are also mental health signs to look out for. Isolation, depression, and anxiousness have all been noted in those experiencing demonic possession. Okay, now that she's done with that, let's return to the case at hand. While the police have unexplainable events recorded, a local priest heard about the house. Father Michael reached out and received approval from his bishop to perform a small exorcism on Latoya, believing her to be the primary attachment. This was all done in the presence of two police officers and the DCS case manager. During the exorcism, those present felt like they were being watched. We felt like someone was in the room with us. Someone breathing down our neck, reported the case manager. There would be a total of three exorcisms performed on Latoya. During this time, the primary demon believed to be attached to her would reveal its name, which in religious context is said to provide power over the demon. An associate of the priest would burn a paper with the demon's name, and only after all this would normalcy slowly return. It would be in November 2012 that the Ammons family would be reunited after being separated due to beliefs the children were in danger. Latoya sold her home to Zach Bagans, the lead paranormal investigator, who would later demolish the home because it was considered a hotspot and portal for demonic activity. However, pieces of the basement can still be found in his Las Vegas museum, which is where he keeps a collection of all paranormally active objects. A documentary coined Demon House was also released, which can be viewed on most platforms. When asked if Latoya would ever return to the home, even just the landscape that still remains, she refused. Her entire life for six months turned upside down, Her kids were taken away because the DCS believed her unfit, and she will forever hold the terrifying memory of the supernatural in that place. Crazy, crazy story. I'm gonna have to watch that movie. I've, I've, like I said, I I had never heard of this, uh, of of this case, so I'm very. My interest is peaked. I think one of the most fascinating aspects of this entire case is it's not just the Ammons family that is proclaiming all these events. Right. You have. Caseworkers, case, workers, case right. manager, nurses, medical staff, yeah. police officers yeah. that all come forward and say, yes, yeah, something creepy went down right. Right. and it's unexplainable and it yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. And yeah. they have 
they have no reason to lie for her to make things up. None of that. Right. No, not at all. So that's what adds credibility to this case, which is why yeah. it's so fascinating. And it's mo so recent, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that does it for this chapter of Icker and Ink. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you want more content like this. Hit the bell to be notified when new content drops, which is every week, at least twice a week. For all of our amazing listeners out there, we ask that you share this channel with one person this week. Do you have suggestions or a creepy story to share? Email us at ickerandinkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember to let us know if you want your name mentioned or if you'd like to remain anonymous. Shout out to Michelle Piper at mpiper underscore rights on Instagram. She is supporting us financially and receiving all kinds of goodies as our way of saying thank you. She is one of us. You could be too. Merch is a thing. Patreon is a thing. We truly thank you for joining us each and every week. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Until next time. I have been a Micah. I've been Chelsea. Together we have been Icker and Ink. And you have been a Barutiful audience. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>